0: sorry
1: about that. No problem. I absolutely love your background. Can you talk
0: about that? Of course. Um, so when I, this is the first house I ever bought. And so when I moved in, I wanted to get something that was kind of different and like unique. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not, I mean, I like art. I'm just not like an art aficionado or whatever. So, um, this is a, a, a guy in Portland who is a woodworking woodworker, uh, does these, uh, like the state, the state of Oregon, and it's like a basketball hoop, and I have a couple of them around my house. But I wanted to do something bigger, like a piece, and I wanted it to be unique to me. So this is the United States, and every uh, NBA city has a little uh, little thing. And then I get, I got a shot glass from every NBA city when I trap back when I did travel with the team, and it's a little ledge. And so it's, all of them are there, all 30 i i love it
1: you're giving me so many ideas
0: (laughs) it's just kind of cool what's funny is um i would like you know i have big plans like i'm when i travel i'm gonna go to every uh, you know find the cutest one and then i just end up usually buying them from the rite aid across from the hotel but whatever it's fine
1: they're cheaper there
0: (laughs) yeah they are cheaper there
1: is that san antonio that's not that one yeah so some of them
0: i have a five-year-old so some of them have fallen off (laughs) and broken (laughs) This one is San Antonio, and Houston and Dallas are, are the ones that went by the wayside. This one, you're to like this one. Hold on, this is my favorite one. This one was um, was um, ma- uh, designed by me. Ooh. It's the o- it's Oklahoma City, and I had I, I don't know if you can see, but I had bad shot written on it. It's <laughs> called <laughs> Dame's Three Bad Shot. <laughs> so anyway, that's okay, good.
1: that's what that is okay excuse my nervousness i am oh, i am here with brooke ozendam the portland trailblazers courtside reporter tell everyone hey hey what's up that's me <laughs> How, how's everybody doing <laughs> we're, we're a small platform back sports page but we promise we are getting there and we're getting bigger and hell we got you so
0: <laughs> that's so kind of you to say no it's awesome i love doing stuff like this and you're on your grind, all you guys are. I think it's fantastic. You
1: know, and, you know, I will say Corona pan, the pandemic has been completely, I wouldn't say a blessing, obviously, with everything, but it has definitely opened the doors for us to get in. You know, there's sometimes I couldn't get into all the Celtics games. I, You know, there were many press conferences that I could go to, but not really. Some I could, some I couldn't, and now I'm going to all of them and, you know, <laughs> to eye uh, reporters across the world, so, or across the country, so I'm really excited about that. So can you tell me about yourself and, and how you started your journey as a sportscaster?
0: Sure. So I grew up, uh, sports was, well, basketball in particular was my world. My dad was a high school boys basketball coach in the state of Washington uh, my whole life. I mean, he just retired, well, he retired a few years ago, but 35 years I went into the Washington state coaches hall of fame. So I always like to brag about that because I just loved, I loved going to his games. It was my favorite thing growing up. I went to all of them. I went to practices. I was just a gym rat. And so that basketball was life growing up. And then I played obviously. So I also play volleyball. So just sports in general was just kind of like my focus in, in life. And my dad and I, we would watch NBA games together. That was our thing. So, you know, my girlfriends who had, you know, I don't know, singers, uh, actors in their room posters. I had, you know, like David Robinson, Akeem Olajuwon, Charles Barkley, things like that, Gary Payton. <laughs> I mean, I had like all of them, Cliff Robinson. And um, so that was just kind of, that was my thing. So I didn't actually go into college knowing that I wanted to be a sports reporter. I knew I wanted to do something in sports, but I wasn't exactly sure what that was. So my freshman year, I went to Washington State, which uh, is a f- fantastic communication school, Moreau School of Communications. It was great. They really threw you in the fire and kind of you, you did everything you edited, you produced, you shot, you had to do it all to kind of figure out which which area you wanted to do so. I, let me backtrack a little bit. So freshman year, I, I took everything possible. I took economics, b- bad move, bad move. <laughs> that didn't last. But I realized that, you know, I like to do, I like to be I'm a social person in general. I like to talk. I like to communicate. I, I've, I've come to now realize I've been interviewing people my whole life, which is probably quite annoying. But I just when I meet people, I just want to know all about them. So it was kind of was natural progression when I started taking communications classes and broadcasting classes, cause I thought, well, this, this might work, you know? And I, like I said, we did everything. I would do a newscast. I would do the weather one night I would produce and my first uh, stint covering a men's basketball game. And I did highlights that night live on our on news. Yeah. Cable eight news is, you know, student run channel, but I loved cable. Cable eight is, uh, was fantastic. You could have, you kind of, You could do your own shows. You could produce your own shows. It was just, like I said, perfect scenario for someone in college trying to figure out what they want to do. So the first time I did my sports broadcast, it just clicked. Right. I'm like, I knew what I was talking about to be quite honest. I knew what I was talking about. I enjoyed what I was talking about. So I just, it was right there at that moment. I said, this is what I'm supposed to do. You know, this is, this is fun. This, I don't want to say comes easy. That's not the right term, but it felt natural. So as soon as I graduated from college, I, there's kind of two routes you can take, you know, really, you either go to a very small market and you do everything, you shoot, you produce, you, you pretty much, you know, you're a one man band. And then you, every couple of years, you know, try to move up in the market. I kind of took a risk and went to a large market, but I, but not on air. And I started at the bottom doing grunt work in hopes that maybe I could get a shot. And what that looked like was editing, uh, getting coffee, you know, logging games, writing shot sheets for the actual talent and then going out and my, when I wasn't working and shooting for lack of a better term, fake standups, fake stories, not fake, but just, they weren't meant for air. <laughs> they were meant for my reel. And I kept taking them to my executive producer and saying, can you look at this? Can you give me some feedback? And that went on for a couple of years. And I mean, I was also, I was waitressing or serving at lunches before i go into work because yeah he had to pay the rent and so I, it was two years and finally my executive producer was like fine <laughs> you know i think he was just tired of me uh bothering him for years and years what? So he put, me, yeah so he put me on university of washington volleyball and i'll never forget that was my first live event and i was sidelined for that and they were in the final four it was fantastic uh, did a decent enough job that that led me to University of Washington football and basketball sideline, then a Huskies sh- uh, magazine show that led to a, at the time Pac-10 magazine show called Run with the Pack, which was amazing. I got to travel to every Pac-10 school and do a half-hour show on whatever we chose to. It could be well like when we went up to Arizona State, I, I interviewed James Harden I mean, he was there, Jeff Pendergraf, but then it could be Stanford swimming, you know, it could be anything. And so we really wanted to showcase men and women and different sorts of, uh, maybe not mainstream sports all the time. So that was awesome. And then it led me to my first NBA gig with the Indiana Pacers for three years. And now I'm here with the trailblazers going on. Gosh, you're seven, well, eight, eight total, but you're six with the team. So that's,
1: that's my, that's the, the short version of that story. <laughs> that's honestly amazing. When- with your dad having so many connections, did you, when you were doing your big stories, Mm -hmm. anyone that you knew previously, or was it just random people off the street? So
0: interestingly enough, my parents were both in education. So my dad was a coach and also a PE teacher. And my mom went on to be, she was a teacher and then went on to be a principal and um, a professor. So I was the rogue in the family that did not go into education. So with all the the wealth of knowledge in terms of the game of basketball, my dad provided me, there were really no connections for me in terms of on air situations. Like they, they even said, they're like, we wish we could help you, but we don't, we don't know anything about, you know, sports TV, but good luck. If anyone can do it, you can. So what I did do, I had a friend, um, a friend who had the connection at, I didn't even tell you where I first went. It was Fox sports Northwest, which is now root sports. So Angie Mentink is her name. She's been there for a very long time. She ended up kind of somewhat being my mentor. I would say definitely ended up being my mentor. She played softball at the University of Washington, just a legend, a legend. And she really helped me kind of, she kind of guided me through it. So when I would go to these fake stories, it would be essentially I would tag along with her, or i tag along with Brad Adam, who covers the Mariners, or someone you know at Seahawks practice or University of Washington. And then I'd watch them do their they're real for air stand up. And then I'd kind of say, you know, I, the camera guys and camera women were so kind as to, you know, give me their time, you know which is another thing I would say to young people going you know, that want to do this. Definitely feel like you can ask for help or not, ask for assistance. People want to help, you know, people want to, want to help people that really, that really want to succeed and are willing to put in the hard work. People that are, have already established themselves they really do want to help. It's really a pay it forward kind of thing. So the, whoever was shooting Angie or Brad, I'd say, do you mind, would you mind shooting a stand-up for me? And then I, as soon as they were done, I would just kind of swoop in, grab the mic and do my own version of that standup. And then I would, you know, ask someone if I could, as an assistant coach, if I could do a quick interview again, just, and they knew I'm like, this isn't going on air. This is just for my real, they'd say no problem. You know, so people are just were super helpful willing to assist. And so that was really how I, I put together my, my reel that I would take to my EP who would look at it, give me some critique. Then I'd go back out in the field and start all over. <laughs> and then one night I was actually, I really wanted to do something in studio, but that's asking literally 10 people to give you an extra 15 minutes of their life. And they're already there till 11 o'clock at night because it's after a Mariners game. But my, a friend of mine that I worked with said, Ask them, you know, bake cookies, do something. Just everyone, they want to help you. So I, I, I mustered up the, you know, the. I guess I felt a little brave one night, and I, I said, would you guys mind tomorrow night after the Mariners game, just shooting one, one segment, say seg- the A segment with me on the desk, and I, I, would, I would, I would be so grateful. And they were all happy to do it. So I did, I did bring cookies, by the way. And so then I put that on my reel. And so it really is just, you know, asking for assistance, people will, will, are willing to help. And then just really getting back out there and taking that critique and, you know, using it and accepting it and feeling it and then putting it into action. How was that critique?
1: Was it harsh or was it, you know, you know, he did well, but were they nice? Oh yeah, no, he was. Oh yeah, they were, they were very nice, but
0: I, I, but I, I liked nice, but I also like straightforward, you know, like I don't want, they're doing me a disservice if they don't tell me exactly, you know, what they think. And if they're just trying to not hurt my feelings, I'm not, I won't get any better. So you do, I will say in this business, you have, you, it's better to have a tough skin for a lot of reasons for that reason, because you, you know, your bosses, your EPs will give you um, feedback and as, as they should, I mean, I love feedback. Because that's really the only way you can get better. I'll say feedback from others that you trust and you value their opinion and all and your peers and also watching stuff back, watching your, your work back. I do that all the time. Last night after the game, I came back and watched not the entire game, but I mean I watched our pregame show because I'm hosting a pre and post in half this season also on top of sidelines so I watched that because this is my first full year of doing that so I like going back and watching it and seeing oh I could have asked Michael that in a different way or I could have taken it this way you know like it's just it's some people just absolutely hate going back and watching themselves it's not my favorite thing but it's the
1: it's a great way to to get better I'm that person that hates (laughs) I'm gonna cringe so hard when I go back and watch this I think that, that mentors they want to help and there are people in this industry that really want to help what else is your advice to women like me who want to be in this industry and who who are trying what other uh, advice would you give
0: absolutely um so like i said i had a mentor in angie um at fox sports now root and i always promised myself and she had a conversation with me about it too that you know pay it forward so I really, uh, I, I do that as much as I can. You know, I, I can't have a shadow every home game just because it, it, you know, that you have to keep your focus. And I, but I will often, often, I would say maybe once or twice a month have a shadow at work. And so that's me paying it forward and, and kind of letting, uh, and it's not always women I've had. I've had a man too, or a young man who was, who was great. I think he's actually doing some local stuff now, but, um, Reaching out and trying to find a mentor, I think is very important for people that are coming up in this business because not only to get feedback, but it's a smaller world than you might think. And I always joke about this. There could be someone that's your runner. Like, let's say I'm I'm doing sideline in Boston and I have a, not an assistant, but sometimes they'll give the sideline their own stage manager for lack of a better term and I, I know their names. I know their families. I get to know them so well because I'm that kind of person anyways. And their and they're, they're job is to help me and to make me look as good as possible on TV. So it just makes sense, you know, but often things like this can happen where you had an assistant or stage manager of five years ago, and then you walk into a, a like a, a different Fox Sports, and that person's now an executive producer hiring talent. It's just a small world. So, in my opinion, and I think this is the way to live your life in general, but be kind to everyone you work with, especially those that are there to help you specifically. People that work behind the camera, people who are editing your features, putting their heart and soul into it. We have an amazing editing crew, and there was this one feature that I did on Yusuf Nurkic after his injury. He broke his leg and was out. It was it was it was a very very serious injury and he was on his way back and so we did this big feature sit down with him about his return and we sent you know i I had some notes and i I sent it they sent it to editing and when it was done and they put it on the website and we did a feature on our broadcast it was so beautifully done that i was like so moved i mean i couldn't believe how well it was edited so i sought out who it was because we have a group of them and uh, I bought him a bottle of his favorite wine or whatever, because it's just like, you have, you got to thank the people around you that are assisting you. So, but to your your question, to try to find someone that you can, that can be a mentor to you. I think that's huge. And also if you have someone like that, or you reach out and you ask for some critique, I have people send me their reels all the time. And I'll just send back, you know, a quick paragraph, like what you did here. Um, maybe, you know, think about this, maybe think about this. And it's really important that I, and I say this too, to send a thank you note, send a thank you email, you know, follow up, because there are a lot of people um, that are, that are do what I do or have pretty busy lives. And when you take some time to pay it forward, you know, just make sure you're keeping those connections. And so a thank you note, and then follow up, follow up, follow up, say, Hey, I just, I'm still trying to, you know, land my first gig and just wondering if you hear anything let me know, and it's just, it's all about connections. Cause like I said, it's a smaller world than you think and you'll run into the same people throughout your career. So be kind to everyone as you should in general, but it's definitely important for this industry cause it's small and keep those connections, keep the connections and try to find a mentor.
1: Besides who you already said, who were the other connections that you always ran into and have always helped you? So a perfect example
0: is uh, my boss now, Jeff Curtin, he's the head of communication, or yeah, head, sorry, director of broadcasting, but he's also our director in the truck. He wears two hats. So he, I've known him for a very long time. I did some freelance work at uh, NBC Sports Northwest after, gosh, a decade ago. And he and I, he essentially, you know, I, he was a director and I, I didn't necessarily work directly with him, but we were around each other and we became friends and he was someone that I kept in touch with i mean i've tried to keep keep in touch with everyone i've worked with at some point but he's someone i kept in touch with you know and we'd see each other when the blazers would come to indiana and we would play each other jeff kurt how you doing you know we just kept in touch text here and there well come full circle uh, he approached me I asked if i had, you know ever considered doing this for the blazers i'm like absolutely and he hired me you know 10 years later so there's a perfect example of having a a great connection, and we're friends first, so that's helpful, but keeping a connection because, I mean, if it wasn't for that relationship, I don't know, I mean, it would have been a much more difficult journey to get to where I'm at here in Portland if I didn't have that connection with Jeff.
1: Absolutely. Were you, did you want to go to Portland for a reason, or were you looking to get out of Indiana? I'm from the Midwest, I understand. No, it wasn't, it wasn't getting out of Indiana. It was coming back home.
0: So I am from the state of Washington. I'm from Spokane and excuse me, I'm from Spokane. So my mom is there. My dad is in Seattle. uh, My best friend's in Boise. It's, it's just the Northwest is, is home for me. So no, the people, people in Indiana were lovely and it was really, you know, that's where I got my first MBA action. So I learned so much in that job and but it was for me, it was about coming back home to close. I really miss my family. It, I felt, you know, it was I was it was not a quick flight. It was not an easy, uh, you know, <laughs> the journey from Spokane to Indiana was not the easiest for people to come visit. So, I mean, they did, but it was more so, OK, I've learned so much. I'm so appreciative of these three years with the Pacers, the coaching staff, the organization it was great. But I just really wanted to get back home. So that was the perfect situation. You know, Portland's the closest NBA city to, to my family. And funny you should ask, my mom uh, and her husband just just bought a condo about 10 minutes away from me for uh, part of the year. So it, it's, all, it's, it's working out.
1: <laughs> yeah. And I know you said that you had a child. Mm-hmm. So that must be amazing for your daughter or your son. A uh, son, Theo, he's five. It must be amazing for him. <laughs> He's funny. When he was like three, he he thought
0: it was cool when mommy's on TV. I have a lot of pictures of him, you know, kissing the TV or you know hugging the TV. As he gets older, it's funny. He's he's, whatever. He's like whatever. He just just he's he's not impressed anymore. (laughs) I I don't think he fully understands, you know. Like every once in a while, like he will be at the grocery store and someone will be like, you know, because because the Blazers are huge in this city, right? Everyone watches the Blazers, so. I'll be it's always at the grocery store, but someone will come up and ask for a picture or something, and he just he's he's five. He, he rolls his eyes, he's like, Come on, mom.
1: Like, <laughs> Can't you think I'm cool a little bit? No, all right, fine. I would <laughs> that everyone's mom is like that.
0: <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. I I don't chalk too much. I'm just gonna let it hit let it, you know, be natural for him. And if he does at some point, I think what mom does is cool, great. If if it's just whatever, that's fine too. But it's just so funny because. He, uh, he, he, he thinks it's cool when his friends think it's cool, but then when it's just me and him, it's not that cool anymore.
1: <laughs> you know, doesn't that happen around 13 or something? Not five. I know. I know. He's an old soul.
0: <laughs> we'll see. But he, I'll, I'll say this, you know, coming to games is fun. Just seeing him um, at, back, you know, obviously not this season, but last year um when my my mom would take him to games and uh come down on the floor and we have a bunch of pictures down there so I'll I'll keep those forever and I'll, maybe when he's older he'll look back and say that was neat
1: <laughs> I'm pretty sure he will <laughs> I hope
0: so
1: You've definitely had longevity in this uh space and you are going to keep going and you're still doing you're, you're accelerating every year what was the biggest adversity in your career
0: Ooh, that's a good question. Um, Biggest adversity. Well, in my career, let's say, you know, I'll say this, that I want to give a lot of credit to the women that started this all, you know, that were the, for lack of a better term, trailblazers in this industry. I mean, Doris Burke is my hero, heroine. Uh, I know she's the most wonderful human on this earth. And she's one of those people that you go up to and she will take time out. I mean, she's getting ready for you know nationally televised broadcast. She'll take as long as you want to talk, you know, to have a chat, to ask her questions, get her opinion, just catch up, you know, and she's just, she's just lovely. So, you know, if you asked her that question, she'd probably have a laundry list. I would say that for me, I've been pretty lucky that, you know, that so many women came before me and that I've really had so much support. Um, I've, 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 I've had a few instances where, you know, maybe I have felt like, Perhaps I my my opinion wasn't valued not in this not in this position much much long much longer ago than this position I'm in now. I my my opinion is so valued. I feel so supported. Um, the crew that I work with is mostly male, but um, you know my voice is just as heard as our analyst, our play by play, anybody. So right now I, I just feel so blessed that we you know we're in this place where I I I feel so valued. But there have been instances. I, I remember my first, um, when I first started getting into this, when I was at Fox Sports Northwest, you know, and I was doing those, going out on shoots and just putting together my reel. Um, I had some some instances where I had a producer that, you know, I was like 21 at this point, you know, and he wanted an interview with a player and they couldn't get it figured out. And there, I found out later, like he gave that player my phone number in, in exchange for an interview. And at that time I was so, I was so young and, and my dad didn't have a voice yet. And I was upset, but I, I didn't want to go to anyone about that. Or I didn't want to, you know, even approach him about it. Obviously that is unacceptable. And, you know, had I, (laughs) if I could go back, you know, I would have handled that situation differently. Um, But that, like I said, that was so long ago and I've just felt like I felt very lucky that my journey has been, has been less rocky than those, you know, that, started it along much earlier than I did, but there's, there's been some adversity, little things along the way, but for the most part, I've, I've really been quite lucky. I'm really grateful for that.
1: That's amazing. And also at 21, I I can't speak for you, but my emotional intelligence just wasn't there. (laughs) No, that's this. I would agree. (laughs) Probably is probably best that Although the person definitely should know what he did was wrong. But Mm -hmm. I know for me, (laughs) if I was in that situation, it wouldn't have been that great. But on to the fun stuff. Okay. So Syracuse is out. So I am in a bad space right now. I'm sorry. I'm going for you, Khan. What about you? Well, so... Our Oregon schools, this is like the first time it's ever happened.
0: Oregon state and Oregon um, men and Oregon state and Oregon women were both in the sweet 16, which is fantastic. So obviously those are the schools in this state that, you know, you're one or the other, but I get to, cause I went to Washington state, I get to root for both, <laughs> which is, which is nice. Okay. Um, so I would love it if one of those schools, um, you know, made it, but I also from Spokane and we, my mom got her doctorate from Gonzaga and my best friend's husband played baseball at Gonzaga. And that was like, that's like the show in town in Spokane is, are the Zags. And Mark Few's been there forever and ever and ever. So I guess I have a three, three horses in the race for that. Um, <laughs> I really want, I'm rooting for the Oregon women for sure. Um, they're fun to watch. Uh, they're really fun to watch. I just watched them today. And so they won. So I'm, I guess I would say for the women, I go with Oregon and for the men, <laughs> Oregon, Oregon State or Gonzaga. <laughs> It helps my chances of having a team I like win when I have three.
1: <laughs> no, I think you got to pick one. Okay, fine. Um, the Zags. I guess I'll go with the Zags. Gotcha. What else are you working on? Well, this year is
0: very different for me because I've been strictly si- not. Well, it's not strictly. It's a. It's a great job and it's challenging. But I was sidelined for the first five years uh, with the with the Trailblazers, and this season now it looks different. Um, our p- our our play-by-play guy used to host, right? He was our, name is Jordan Kent, he went to Oregon, played three sports. And he moved from hosting to the booth to do play-by-play this season. So I had filled in for him a couple of times, like when his wife had a baby and, and I had hosted in Indiana. So it's not something that was brand new to me, but that was added to my, um, my job description this year. So I kind of have two jobs, which is, I feel again, feel very blessed because it's an, just an interesting time in this business. So to have two, I feel very lucky. Um, so that has been fun and challenging because I, I, for the first, you know, couple of weeks, I, you know, your, your brain is like, wait, I'm preparing for pre or for pregame. And then as soon as pregame's over, I got to remember, I, you know, we're going to do my open. And then first quarter, you know, it's just wearing a couple of hats at the same time and making sure you're, you're not, Focusing so much on one job that you're forgetting about this aspect of that the other job. And I think we've got it down to a science now. But for in terms of what I'm that's kind of my focus right now. We play so often now, you know, with this this it is a shorter season, but I think we have 10 back to backs for the second half of this season. I know we do. So it's really there's not a lot of time to be focusing on anything else at this moment. (laughs) It's just work, but it's fun. I I I just love sports are the are the best. They're so much fun because you don't go, it's like you, you don't know what's going to happen. You know, you're not sure what, how the game's going to go. If there's a fun storyline that's going to come to fruition, like Carmelo Anthony has been moving up in the all time scorers list this season. And he's done it a couple times, moved up. And next, the next time he moves up, well, he'll be in the top 10. So there's always just, there's something fun to look forward to, but there's always the unknown of how the game's going to go and in which direction. And we've had so many close games this year that it's been uh, it's been very entertaining. So. Just, just work right now, but that, that, trust me, I don't have much time for anything else.
1: And the last thing I want to talk about is your book, Hearts, Your Hearts.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. I definitely, I know that, you know, there's a, a touching story behind that. How about you speak about that? Yeah, for sure. So
0: I um, I got married to my husband, Andy Collins, who at the time was 27 years old, uh, professional athlete, j- just epitome of... of perfect health uh, and 10 days after we got married we had moved to Florida I was going going to take a job there and he was down in the weight room and he was on the treadmill and he suffered a heart attack and he passed away uh, shortly thereafter so it was shocking to us all I mean we were devastated but you know as, as, as much time has gone by now it's I'm looking at it as some uh, how do I make this situation how do I turn this into a Something that can be positive for someone else. And so this organization, the Trailblazers, they have been so supportive of, of me in general. But when I went to them with this idea last year, they were so great. Like, absolutely we'll do, you know, we'll we'll make this, we'll make this exactly how you want it. We will do everything we can. And not to mention, they said they'd match up to five thousand dollars in donations. So that's just fantastic. So last year was our inaugural season and we raised more than our goal and they matched the 5,000 and we raised money at the heart, the heart ball. Obviously this year, the heart ball was virtual. So it looked different, but this season, again, we broke right through our goal um, and they matched 5,000 again. So last year was kind of more focused on AEDs and making sure we, those were in as many places as we could and make sure people knew how to use them. So on my site, there were some tutorials, things like that. And this year it's more about listening to your body. So Andy, um, like I said, an athlete, whenever he went running, uh, he was just always so exhausted. Like he exert, had to exert so much energy. And I just, you know, I don't like running in general. So I, we all just chalked it up with, yeah, it's running, it's worse. But he, after, you know, they figured out that he had a carted artery, The doctors told told us that when he would run or he would be exerting, 10 times the amount of energy that you or I would and because he had so much pressure that you know his heart and his arteries were working so hard just to to keep it going so now that we know that uh you know I, I my message part of my message to people this year was if you feel like that might be you or you have a friend or family member that you you think gosh you know what I I feel like you know my sister, you know, really, whenever she's done with a workout or, or is running, she kind of, she kind of just, something's not right. Maybe she's f- feeling more exhausted or ex- she's exerting more energy than I, th- than I think she should just listening to your body and, and talking to your friends and family and making sure that they are too. That was kind of the, the, the goal, the message this year on top of raising funds. And I'll tell you, I've had some amazing pe- stories, people that have reached out to me, um, after watching the video, um, We had a very lengthy video last year about this whole situation with Lamar, my analyst and very good friend. This year was more about um, just, you know, just that listening to your body. And one of my good girlfriends from college called me two weeks after we put it out on the website and she said, you know what, I watched that and I started thinking about my sister, her sister, who runs a fitness studio, you know, great health, young, and she sent her the video and she said, just watch this and tell me if like you're, you feel like it could, you, you can relate to this. So she did, she watched it and she said, you know what, I think I will go get checked. And she went and got checked and she had to have emergency heart surgery, like within weeks of going to get it checked. So that right there makes this worth it. You know, that was, that was exactly what I wanted was to at least affect one person Maybe improve someone's life. And I've had so many people, that's the story that really gets me, but I've had so many people also reach out and say they did go get checked and they're just, you know, they have to make some life changes. And so it's, it's reached its goal in terms of donations, but it's really reached its goal for me in terms of reaching people and getting themselves checked if they think they should and, and their friends or family. So that was the goal this year, but big ups to um, the Blazers for all their support and the heart, the American heart association as well.
1: Absolutely. Um, Personal story of my own. My father actually passed away of his fourth heart attack. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. And what's so crazy is when he had his first heart attack, he knew nothing about his heart disease. He he had no, Mm -hmm. you know, thank God I got to spend five more years with him after that. But, you know, I would, I would have loved for him to have heard this information Mm-hmm. and you know he was a guy who was going to keep mistakes and all that stuff and I, I knew yeah. we're never going to change but you know if you would have had more exercise and things of that nature and like I said I got five extra years which was amazing but I think what you are doing is absolutely incredible and I want you to hear so like you're my hero for like two reasons now
0: <laughs> that's so sweet I, I again I'm so sorry I I, I can't tell you how Many stories like that I've heard of people reached out and some, everyone is affected by heart disease or heart issues in some capacity. You know someone, you have a family member, a friend, or you. It's just, it's really incredible that, you know, everyone has a different story about it. And so I'm, thank you for saying that. It's, it's, that's the goal of mine is to reach people. So I, I promise you, I will continue to do it. And <laughs> we're going to do it every year. I promise you. And continue to raise money for the Heart Association. I actually have a meeting with them coming up soon. I'm going to uh, join. I, I, this is the plan: is join their board of directors, so we can even do more work with that way too.
1: Thank you so much for this interview. It's my first time. I'm. I literally was a nervous wreck. You did great. Thank you
0: for. I, um, <laughs> no, I mean it. I mean it. I mean. It.